Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 108. Here, O my Lord, I'd see thee face to face. Here would I touch and handle things unseen. Here grasp with firmer hand the eternal grace and all my weariness upon thee lean. Hymn number 108.
scriptural this morning will be given by Elsie from Alabama. I shall read from Hebrews and 2 Corinthians. Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled in God. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, which art in heaven, our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, hallowed be thy name, adorable one, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom is come, thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 151. In speechless prayer and reverence, dear Lord, I come to thee. My heart with love thou fillest, yea, with humility. My bread and wine thou art, with thee I hold communion. Thy presence healeth me, thy presence healeth me. Hymn number 151.
Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, which is um, kind of a training session in practical Christian science. We talk about the lesson, current events, and we learn how to better put into practice this incredible science that has been discovered and founded by Mary Baker Eddy. We have a Sunday school that meets uh, at 11 a.m. and that Sunday school is open to children anywhere in the world. We have a dedicated teleconference number and many of our students don't live in the area and they attend over the telephone. And that means that if you don't live in the area and have a child of Sunday school age, your child can join as well. Just call us, we'll give you the number, and we would love to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15 p.m. where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives literally saved through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery available for infants and toddlers. We have, I believe, 17 different websites. This is our missionary work over the world. And uh, all but one of those websites are in languages other than English. And this way, the truth of Christian science, the pure truth, is reaching millions, perhaps billions, of people around the world in their own language. And for this, we are very grateful that people are discovering Christian science through our websites. And everything that we offer on our websites is free. You can listen, you can download, you can print, you can do anything you want on our websites free of charge. And that is why we are so grateful to those of you who contribute financially to this wonderful cause. And there is a real short and sweet uh, and very meaningful to me uh, article that's featured on our English website that I would like to point out this morning. Um, there is a, it, it's by Clara Shannon and it's a description of Mrs. Eddy's prayer. And I recommend, if you haven't read it yet, please do. It's very short, but it's very touching. And everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And this being our communion service, I am going to read from our textbook, The Tenets of Christian Science. One, as adherents of truth, we take the inspired word of the Bible as our sufficient guide to eternal life. Two, we acknowledge and adore one supreme and infinite God. We acknowledge his Son, one Christ, the Holy Ghost or divine comforter, and man in God's image and likeness. Three, we acknowledge God's forgiveness of sin in the destruction of sin, 
and the spiritual understanding that casts out evil as unreal. But the belief in sin is punished so long as the belief lasts. Four, we acknowledge Jesus' atonement as the evidence of divine efficacious love unfolding man's unity with God through Christ Jesus, the way-shower. And we acknowledge that man is saved through Christ, through truth, life, and love, as demonstrated by the Galilean prophets in healing the sick and overcoming sin and death. Five, we acknowledge that the crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection served to uplift faith, to understand eternal life, even the allness of soul, spirit, and the nothingness of matter. Six, and we solemnly promise to watch and pray for that mind to be in us which was also in Christ Jesus to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, and to be merciful, just, and pure. We will now have the reading of a testimony of healing from the chapter entitled Fruitage in the Christian Science Textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Shahidat from Maryland. On page 640, freed from many years of suffering. In the spring of 1880, I was taken down with a severe attack of stomach trouble, was bed fast for three months and not able to drive out for nearly six months. During this time, I had three good doctors treating me. I gained a little in strength, but had very little relief from the stomach trouble. I was recommended to try mineral springs and did so, but with the same disappointment. I went to a sanitarium, but yet the stomach trouble persisted, prevailed. I had some friends who recommended patent medicines, but no healing came. I worked along in this way for several years. Finally, I read medicine nearly two years for a good doctor friend, especially for my own benefit. And during this time, I had a severe attack of bladder trouble. And for 15 years, I suffered so severely at times that I thought life was really not worth living. In connection with these troubles, I suffered every winter with rheumatism and the grip. I also had a growth coming on both eyes called cataract, which caused my eyes to be inflamed nearly all the time. And this growth had made such progress that it was causing my vision to be very dim when reading. Corns were not forgotten, as I was reminded of them very frequently, and for all these troubles, I had tried every remedy I had heard of that was able, I was able to get, specialists included without relief. Thanks to a friend who took me in this hopeless, discouraged condition and led me to the life that never knows darkness. I got a copy of Science and Health by Mrs. Eddy and was healed in a short time by reading this work. From DWL Anderson, Indiana. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page four of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Sacrament. 
The golden text is from Hosea. I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. The responsive reading is from James. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Craig will now read. The Bible. Micah, wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Matthew. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill 
cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid, you observe, that observe, and do. But do not ye after their works. For they say, and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They may broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all are your brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall, shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted." Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are all full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou have we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. 
And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it to them and saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. John, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Carol will now read. I will read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health, with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. The test of all prayer lies in the answer to these questions. Do we love our neighbor better because of this asking? Do we pursue the old selfishness, satisfied with having prayed for something better, though we give no evidence of the sincerity of our requests by living consistently with our prayer? If selfishness has given place to kindness, we shall regard our neighbor unselfishly and bless them that curse us. But we shall never meet this great duty simply by asking that it may be done. There is a cross to be taken up before we can enjoy the fruition of our hope and faith. We know that a desire for holiness is requisite in order to gain holiness. But if we desire holiness above all else, we shall sacrifice everything for it. We must be willing to do this, that we may walk securely in the only practical road to holiness. Prayer cannot change the unalterable truth, nor can prayer alone give us an understanding of truth. But prayer coupled with a fervent, habitual desire to know and do the will of God, will bring us into all truth. Such a desire has little need of audible expression. 
It is best expressed in thought and in life. <clears throat> the danger from prayer is that it may lead us into temptation. By it, we may become involuntary hypocrites, uttering desires which are not real, and consoling ourselves in the midst of sin with the recollection that we have prayed over it or mean to ask forgiveness at some later day. Hypocrisy is fatal to religion. The master's injunction is that we pray in secret and let our lives attest our sincerity. Self-forgetfulness, purity, and affection are constant prayers. Practice, not profession. Understanding, not belief. Gain the ear and right hand of omnipotence, and they assuredly call down infinite blessings. Jesus urged the commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, which may be rendered, Thou shalt have no belief of life as mortal. Thou shalt not know evil, for there is one life, even God, good. He rendered unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. He at last paid no homage to forms of doctrine or to theories of man, but acted and spake as he was moved, not by spirits, but by spirit. To the ritualistic priest and hypocritical Pharisee, Jesus said, the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Jesus' history made a new calendar, which we call the Christian era. But he established no ritualistic worship. He knew that men can be baptized, partake of the Eucharist, support the clergy, observe the Sabbath, make long prayers, and yet be sensual and sinful. Jesus taught the way of life by demonstration that we may understand how this divine principle heals the sick, casts out error, and triumphs over death. Jesus presented the ideal of God better than could any man whose origin was less spiritual. By his obedience to God, he demonstrated more spiritually than all others the principle of being. Hence, the force of his admonition, if ye love me, keep my commandments. <clears throat> First in the list of Christian duties, he taught his followers the healing power of truth and love. He attached no importance to dead ceremonies. It is the living Christ, the practical truth, which makes Jesus the resurrection and the life to all who follow him indeed. 
obeying his precious precepts, following his demonstration so far as we apprehend it, we drink of his cup, partake of his bread, are baptized with his purity, and at last we shall rest, sit down with him in a full understanding of the divine principle which triumphs over death. Why do those who profess to follow Christ reject the essential religion he came to establish? Jesus' persecutors made their strongest attack upon this very point. They endeavored to hold him at the mercy of matter and to kill him according to certain assumed material laws. The Pharisees claimed to know and to teach the divine will, but they only hindered the success of Jesus' mission. Even many of his students stood in his way. While respecting all that is good in the church or out of it, one's consecration to Christ is more on the ground of demonstration than of profession. In conscience, we cannot hold to beliefs outgrown, and by understanding more of the divine principle of the deathless Christ, we are enabled to heal the sick and to triumph over sin. The cup shows forth his bitter experience, the cup which he prayed might pass from him, though he bowed in holy submission to the divine decree. The disciples had eaten, yet Jesus prayed and gave them bread. This would have been foolish in a literal sense, but in its spiritual signification, it was natural and beautiful. Their bread indeed came down from heaven. It was the great truth of spiritual being, healing the sick and casting out error. Their master had explained it all before, and now this bread was feeding and sustaining them. Christians, are you drinking his cup? Have you shared the blood of the new covenant? the persecutions which attend a newer and higher understanding of God? If not, can you then say that you have commemorated Jesus in his cup? Are all who eat bread and drink wine in memory of Jesus willing truly to drink his cup, take his cross, and leave all for the Christ principle? If Christ's truth has come to us in demonstration, no other commemoration is requisite, for demonstration is Emmanuel, or God with us. And if a friend be with us, why need we memorials of that friend? If all who ever partook of the sacrament had really commemorated the sufferings of Jesus, and drunk of his cup, they would have revolutionized the world. 
If all who seek his commemoration through material symbols will take up the cross, heal the sick, cast out evils, and preach Christ or truth to the poor, the receptive thought, they will bring in the millennium. This being our communion service, I would like now to invite the congregation to kneel and repeat with me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father and Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Let's now sing hymn number 301. The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. Saw ye my Savior, heard ye the glad sound, felt ye the power of the word. T'was the truth that made us free and was found by you and me in the life and the love of our Lord. Hymn number 301.
Bible tells us what we must do to become his likeness through and through. It's to tread the path that Jesus trod and do justly love mercy, walk humbly with God. But beware, it's easier said than done. Satan tries his tricks on everyone. And the way to hell is smooth and broad. So do justly love mercy, walk humbly with God. Do justly keep to the straight and narrow. Love mercy, look how he loves the sparrow. Walk humbly below the flying arrow. So take this verse to heart and fixate. You'll find it at Micah 6 8. God is nearer than our very breath. There's no heaven at the door of death. Heaven's when you pass beneath Christ's rod. And do justly love mercy, walk humbly with God. Our God has shown us what is good. What does the Lord require of us? Oh, we know that we all by his feather walk humbly through common stormy weather before you turn the page to Nahum learn these words and say them every day and you will find that you have become God's likeness through and through and by treading where our master trod we do justly love mercy walk humbly with God do justly Let's all now sing hymn number 269. Our God is love, unchanging love, and can we ask for more? Our prayer for love's increase is vain, t'was infinite before. Ask not the Lord with breath of praise for more than we accept. The open fount is free to all, God's promises are kept. Hymn number 269. <laughs>
will read from the Christian Science textbook, the Scientific Statement of Being, and the correlative passages from 1 John, 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal era. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ in truth and love. Amen. Thank you.